Hey, y'all. You're listening to the Palsies with Palsies podcast. Yes, you are. Sorry. So the problem here today, which is not a problem, is that we're doing an episode swap with the neighbor next door. I'm still the palsy Rebecca Mitz. <laughs> and I'm still the palsy Justin Hen. God. Thank you. Um, and yeah. we actually have guests today, which is enormous and huge and so different for us. We have Matthew Johnson. Howdy. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I... See, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Oh, the, I mean, partly I'm just, I'm just, I'm just drawn in by Justin's uh, <laughs> like intense laughter through this entire introduction. So that's I, I got a little distracted. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, that's that's a lot of what happens with us. It's, that's, that, that, that's part of the course. <laughs> yes. Um, and we also have Adam Barlow. Oh my god. Harlow Thompson. Hey. Welcome. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> These are our friends from the Neighbor Next Door podcast, which is all about being community with your neighbors. So thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us. I'm yeah. I'm stoked that we're doing an episode swap. <laughs> I really am. So I want to give my co-host a chance to breathe. How are you doing there, Rebecca? I'm fine. You <laughs> ask them something about their podcast and don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So guys, what um, what is our audience in for? What's the what is the neighbor next door podcast all about? Ooh. Well, about three years ago. Matt came to me and said, we've got to start a podcast. And I was like, do we though? Like, <laughs> sounds like so much work. But he was persistent and did it. And now we've been, we were, I just think we're like, like 130 episodes in to talking about neighboring. So uh, tips, interviews, just all sorts of content about how communities grow stronger when neighbors know each other and and how people can participate in that so fantastic well i think um and i think the the episode that they're about to hear has our friend uh john mcknight uh having a conversation with you guys so great stuff there i am what every time john opens his mouth it's revelatory and then you add the two of you and it's miraculous so our audience has something to look forward to i'm sure i, I thought you were going to say something other than that when we open our mouths right. yeah. very generous there right well you caught me on the you caught me on a coffee high so <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we're the goofballs. Like, that's kind of what we bring to this mix. And then, like, uh, and it's just incredible that we get to have conversations with, with folks like John McKnight and, and get to, get to hear their incredible insights and wisdom. And then we just kind of goof around and, and, and try to put it into a framework that hopefully everybody can apply and go and do. I think that's the other thing about our, our podcast is it's really a call to action. 
uh, almost every time, you know, it's like, okay, so this is the why of neighboring, but now it's, it's time to go do it. So, but anyway, yeah, yeah. So we, we're, we're not too polished. Well, well clearly here in our very well-oiled machine yeah. that is palsies right. with palsies, <laughs> you know, we, uh, we don't understand what that's like, um, yeah. uh, but let's go ahead and we can jump into y'all's episode and y'all can actually hear from, uh, people that sort of know slightly more what they're doing than we do. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Neighbor Next Door, a podcast about the power and importance of neighboring. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, and as usual, I am joined on the virtual front porch by my colleague and neighboring, Adam Barlow-Thompson. Hey, good neighbors. Welcome to the podcast. We're excited to share more conversations from our mentor and friend, John McKnight, today. We do regular calls with John, and we never are always like sure what the agenda is during these calls. But often what happens is we get on the call and John just starts pouring out wisdom. And luckily we record all of them because we never know when some gold is going to show up and we've got some gold for you today. Yeah. Yeah. This was really, really rich. Um, I knew we were in trouble when he like before any of us could even speak, he was like, well, let me just say, cause I've got a lot on my mind. And then he was just running. <laughs> we, did, we didn't even say hello. It was just, he just started right in. It was crazy. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, so our conversation, I, I, I would start, um, we're gonna give you just a little framework and then share some of what he said. Um, the, the kickoff of the conversation was that John, was wrestling with um, violence in communities. Uh, and, uh, and that's, we'll jump into the audio actually with him sharing some st statistics from the last week. Um, and uh, he moved quickly from this idea of how do, we, how do we deal with violence? And we've, people have been working on this for a long time and mm -hmm it seems like we're not making any progress in our communities. And John puts forth a theory that there are certain characteristics or attributes that everyone possesses. Right. Um, and that if, if we in our communities could um, bring those attributes to the table um, and encourage everyone to contribute these attributes, then we would experience peace. Right. And it was, it's a really beautiful uh, image and it's a beautiful kind of counter narrative, I think. Um, yeah, he kind of, he talks about him as like, if you had these six things in a neighborhood, it would create a culture of contribution. And one of the ways you could tell that that was happening is that there would be peace in the neighborhood. And I just really, I could tell that he was like wrestling with like current news Mm -hmm. and seeking like, like, I mean, he's been at this work for so long and he's just looking at the news cycle and going, is there anything like, how do we, how do we move forward? Have we moved forward? Like, what do you do to make this stop? 
So in our conversation, we he, we never we looked up as he was sharing um, these uh, six attributes that he's written um, a blog about, um, and we'll put a link to his writing. Um, they're called the Learnings of John McKnight, um, and so. But we'll start just by quickly sharing these uh, six attributes, uh, and I love the way that he describes them because each one. Um, well, four of the six start out with the word power. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so the first one is cooperation, which is the power to join with your neighbors to create a future together. Um, the second one is hospitality, which is the power to welcome. Uh, and just as they, uh, he, uh, John goes on to explain in his writing, uh, a fearful neighborhood is frightened of strangers and greatly weakened by its exclusion of the talents of strangers instead of uh, inside and outside the community. And so, um, but hospitality is the power to welcome. Generosity uh, is the third attribute and it is the power to give, uh, not thinking so much about finances, um, but just giving in general. The fourth attribute is kindness, which is the power to care. Um, the fifth one is accepting fallibility, which then creates the power to enjoy and work with each other in spite of our failures, deficiencies, and differences. So um, even though Adam loves playing the banjo, I accept that fallibility <laughs> and we're able to work together to do good things. Wow. Yikes. <laughs> I do love that one, though, because, I mean, we have had joy as one of our um, ingredients to neighboring that we talk about all the time. And very early on, we started linking joy with being free to fail. And not that John learned this from us, clearly, but um, but I mean, it's it there is this connection that I think is being made both here and then in our work of like, if we don't get hung up on failure as the end or something we should avoid, and we just learn to celebrate it and move together um, through it, it can be, it can help us create this power of joy. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. And then uh, the, the sixth one is forgiveness. Which is how I need to forgive Matt for being such a jerk about the banjo. All right, next. <laughs> Oh man, I always feel it? like I should clarify too. I don't actually hate the banjo, so <laughs> it's just it's just a shtick, you know. It's just a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to have some shticks to keep the podcast popping, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's so. right. Okay, so here's the thing on forgiveness. Uh, uh, John has his definition, I kind of wrestle with this. Uh, I, I think forgiveness is a really hard topic to summarize. Um, right. And so what I would say about forgiveness is, I, but I separate forgiveness and justice. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about the world that we're living in these days, right? And this real grappling. Um, so if when we forgive someone, uh, and I'm pulling from some of my mentors here. So when we forgive someone, we're seeking healing, 
and the possible restoration of the re relationship with the person who has mm. hurt us or wronged us. Um, but this doesn't mean that we condone their behavior. Right. I think that's there's a huge difference there. Um, that's really, really important. Um, at the same time, we can forgive someone and still set healthy boundaries. And I think we can do that individually and we can also do that at a community level. Right. Um, and so, so when we talk about the capacity or the attribute of forgiveness, then you know, it, is, it is the power to seek healing uh, and the restoration of relationships. Um, so uh, I would just offer that. And then in a moment, uh, we'll jump into the, as John is sharing, he does add uh, kind of offhand, just to kind of off the cuff. He's like, yeah, you know, maybe a seventh one would be spirituality. Right. And uh, he gave no definition for that, which I would love to hear uh, <laughs> his definition. But, you know, whenever you can't, uh, you don't hear from John McKnight, then I think a good substitute is to quote Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> here's her definition of spirituality, which I think speaks really well to this. She says, spirituality is recognizing and celebrating that we are all inextricably connected to each other by a power greater than all of us and that our connection to that power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion. Practicing spirituality brings a sense of perspective, meaning, and purpose to our lives. So good. So good. Uh, we're going to start uh, in our conversation on a, on a pretty somber note. And so kind of just, just want to prepare you for that as we lead in and hear John now uh, talk about what's moving him towards this exploration. Last week, we had 160 people killed and 400 and some people injured. We've been at the anti-violence work since 1920. That's just a century, and here we are. How would you explain that? It isn't as though it's something that hasn't been attended to. Millions and millions of dollars spent over the years on it, and there we are. Well, at any rate, it occurred to me that uh, I don't know of much effort. If you look at the six attributes, if you said in these neighborhoods with a lot of violence, right, there are uh, hundreds of people with those six attributes. I'm, I'm suggesting, guessing, that if they got to be manifest, there would be peace. Mm -hmm. That what would most likely actually do something about it. Is there in the neighborhoods in the results of the manifestation of those six attributes? And you could add, if you wanted to, a seventh spirituality. But at any rate, if you're interested in organizing, the question might be, what does an organizer do so that, that those attributes are manifested in a local place. Do you have an answer to that question? Because I would like to know it. Uh, I just thought about thought of it uh, 
five days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, listeners, so you heard what John was kind of putting in front of us, and and basically we're sharing it with you. Um, I really want to pass these questions on to you. Uh, as as part of our community, what would you do to make these attributes manifest in your community? Um, how might you reveal those? And um, a couple of questions that came up for us as we continued our conversation with John um, and some insights that we realized. One is that oftentimes we, we don't think of them as being attributes that we possess. Um, if someone asks me what my gifts are, I, I don't automatically think about like, um, you know, generosity. Uh, but if you ask- People, people yeah. think they first start with like really tangible things that they just know how to do. It's like, oh, I know how to play the banjo. So that's something I can share as like a technical thing. They don't share like, I'm very kind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels weird to even say that. Like, I don't think I've ever told somebody I'm very kind. <laughs> I mean, not because I'm not kind, obviously. Okay, there we go. There we go. Yeah. I, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna land that one. I just had to let that. Yes. But yeah. So, right. so a way to kind of work around that would be to ask ourselves, um, what, what would the people who love you, what would they say about you? Of, of these attributes, what would they say that you have? At least for me, that puts a little buffer there where it doesn't feel quite so um, mm-hmm. prideful or arrogant. Mm-hmm. And to say like, you know, the people who are close to me, who care about me, they do say, I am generous, right? And the people who love and care about me most, they don't start with, he plays banjo. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think that's you know, it's an interesting thing. Like they, there's a, the love moves beyond like a transactional thing of like, here's the gift that I get from you to like this. I love this attribute, this character that you that you um, this characteristic that you possess. So, yeah, and that's what we want to then be able to see in the neighborhood too. Right. Which leads beautifully then to another question that I think we can ask. Uh, And that that is, if we look at our neighbors, what attributes do you see them expressing? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, do you see them uh, embodying uh, this kind of kindness or hospitality or cooperation um, that, uh, that can be you know, so powerful and beautiful. Um, and I think as we start to uncover those or notice those things, which I've been doing this now for a couple of days, and it changes my heart. Mm. Like when I think about in what way do I see my, you know, do I see my neighbor Mark embodying kindness? Mm-hmm. It lifts me, first mm-hmm. of all, which is just, it's a really fascinating shift in my like energy 
Um, yeah, because with everybody, there's more than one way to see people. And oftentimes we see them for their needs or for their deficiencies. Uh-huh. And when I start to then frame them under these, these qualities that John has named, it really, it endears me to them in a way that, you know, like, like, like golly, they, that person really is actually just super kind or super generous. So one of the questions we were talking about was like, just ask your neighbor, like, when have you seen kindness on our block? When have you seen generosity on our block? And then their stories will give you all the information that you need. Yeah. And I and telling those stories shapes the culture of yeah. our of our block and our of our neighborhood, right? Like, and we aren't telling those stories, I don't think. I mean, by and large, right? There are exceptions, but to be so intentional and to create space and to invite each other to share where we see that happening, um, I think could be a really, really wonderful experiment um, to to live into. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So then uh, we shift. And so John, in our coaching call, he kind of walked through these attributes and then he shifted and started to talk about um, that unlike attributes in neighborhoods, there are also roles um, that people perform. And the roles are different than the attributes because everyone has these attributes. Mm-hmm. Not everyone f- does every role. And, uh, and so th- looking at these, and again, thinking about how they create possibilities for people to contribute to the well-being of their neighborhood or their town, their community, um, I think is is a really, again, a very intriguing question. So we're gonna hand things back over to John to talk a little bit about uh, these roles. There's another way of saying what's in a neighborhood from an asset perspective and, and it's people who perform certain kinds of roles Okay, everybody has those attributes, but there are people who perform roles who uh, that may not be something that everybody has, right? Mm-hmm. And a list might include healers, people who are the conscience, artists, conveners, bridgers which is different than another one, connectors, voices, visionaries, and executors. I got that from Illich years ago. The word, we think of an executive director, it comes from executor. Executor developed in English inheritance law, going back to the middle ages. And it's a person, if, if you die and you want to have something happen, it's a person who will make it happen. And it's essential characteristic of that kind of a person is their fidelity to your purposes. 
right? An executor of your state. You're looking for somebody who you have absolutely trust to do what you wanted to have done. So we were thinking about, is there something different than an organizer? And it might be that there are people who are like executors, people who know how to, to do something you want to have done. They're your agents, right? And you might say, well, that's an organizer. At any rate, so you see, you've got the four things we would normally ask. You have, then you have the attributes, and then you have these roles. So there are three ways of classifying what are the assets in a neighborhood of individuals than to go to association. Is, is there a, a document anywhere that kind of gives thumbnails of these different roles? Like, Just uh, began to think about them this week. Okay. In fact, this morning. (laughs) (laughs) So again, uh, listeners, we turn to you um, after having some of this conversation with John. Um, We want to hear your thoughts on this list. Uh, It's a working list, obviously. And in fact, I I wanted to mention that later in the conversation, John shared there was another role that he had identified uh, in conversation with someone that would be what they call tuck pointers, um, which is is, uh, related to masonry. Uh, And um, these are folks in our communities who are paying attention to things that are eroding uh, the the connectivity of our community, and uh, and who who call attention to that, right. um, and so so there's even still you know another another one that we could add to this list. Um, what I would offer as far as questions, and here's things like this is where I wish this was a Zoom call and not just a podcast, right? Because I would love to hear people's immediate reaction, but email us or yeah, get in touch with us. Um, So of these roles, um, which of these do you feel like is a role that gives you joy? I I think there's a wonderful invitation in having this list uh, and it's growing, but Mm -hmm. um, what roles give you joy um, as you can, as you give to the well-being of your community? And is, are there roles that you would add, you know, like, I don't, I didn't hear on that list what really gives me joy as I look for, uh, as I seek the well-being of my community. You didn't think any of those, you didn't feel like any of those roles fit for you? Oh, no, they fit for me. I'm just saying for the listener. Oh, oh, I thought maybe you were like still looking for your role. I was like, geez, Matt. <laughs> one, one yet? <laughs> pick one, dude. Just, just pick one. Good heavens. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, what for you, Adam? What one do you is? Are there one or two that really stand out that you feel like that's my role? I mean, if I just stuck to the list that he named, I would probably say like convener, bridger, um, maybe. Yeah, those probably would be like the top two connector. Those would be ones that I think I would I would most step into. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it's uh, the two that jumped out 
were healers. I feel like mm -hmm. I have kind of a healing presence sometimes. Um, and then I also was thinking about artists. Um, yeah. Not so much that I create art, mm -hmm. but I think uh, I love storytelling, which I consider an art form. Yeah. Most, mostly because I get hazy on the details and have to just kind of make some stuff up. <laughs> and it, I think too here, it's like the similar, similar to like before where it's like, you may put these roles in front of a person and even just doing it right now, like it's harder for me to name what I think mine are than I think it would be to name what I think yours are. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I could easily be like, oh, Matt is definitely a healer. Matt definitely where, where you were like, well, I think I might be a healer. I don't know. I'm like, no, Matt's definitely a healer. That's obvious. <laughs> uh, Matt, I literally have called Matt my conscience on more than one occasion. Mm. My conscience is a little slippery sometimes. And so I always check in. <laughs> right. <laughs> my choices are okay. So like, yeah, there's like some of these that are like very obvious to me that you play in the neighborhood. So I think it'd be fun too, to do with people who are in your neighborhood to say like, which of these, here's the ones I think you, that you do, which yes. ones do you think I do? Yeah, yeah. Ah, see, I think that would, yeah, that would be so cool. That'd that be awesome. Just, yeah. Yeah, I wanna like go do that right now. Right. <laughs> okay, everybody, meet me at the corner of the street. <laughs> Uh, so, so I, I think, again, this is one of those episodes where I would love to hear back from folks and, and I would love to hear your thoughts and, you know, are, what you would add, um, how you might describe some of these roles, like, and even not like a definition, but more like a story, like what's the story of uh, a bridger in your neighborhood? What's right. the story of a voice? you know, in, in, in your neighborhood, um, I think would be, uh, I just would love to hear those. Um, so, and I think as we come to the end, the last thing I wanted to say was, um, I, I still, I still find just as our beginning, the beginning of this conversation, John's belief that if we can manifest these attributes mm -hmm. and if we can invite people to live into these roles, uh, that our communities, one of the fruit of that would be that our communities would have peace and wholeness. Um, right. It's, it's a beautiful vision. And yeah. I, yeah, worth, worth pursuing. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with that, friends, we'll come to the end. Thank you for joining us on our virtual front porch and, and being a part of this conversation. Um, little, little teaser, very soon we may have a recording done on an actual front porch. <laughs> right, I don't know, should we give it away? I mean, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> I'm excited yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, hard to believe, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's coming. So, all right. Well, as always, thank you for listening, for being a part of this. I do want to give a shout out to Christopher Swanson um, for his work in keeping us organized and getting things scheduled. 
Um, I want to give uh, thanks to Jenna Moody, who does uh, great work getting all the random pieces pulled together. Um, she really had to do a lot for this episode, especially, um, but for most episodes, honestly, <laughs> to get things <laughs> set up. So grateful for her uh, doing that work. Um, and I want to give a shout out to John McKnight because mm -hmm. he is so generous with his time and uh, and his passion, and it is just contagious. And so it's it's so exciting to get to work with him and journey with him. So and, and every time we talk to John at the end of the conversation, he goes, "Now you're going to share this with people, aren't you?" And so you guys are just the beneficiaries of his tremendous generosity because he he's so willing and and you know, his desire is that as many people could hear this as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. So, <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, happy neighboring. Happy neighboring. Happy neighboring.